Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I have to tell you, as of this broadcast, I am feeling absolutely fantastic. Not only just because I'm feeling good, I've had, uh, I, I, I've shared with you folks that I have been going through, as we all are, my own challenges, um, and I've basically... Uh, I basically tell myself that uh, these challenges, they're temporary, and that in addition to being temporary, uh, I have no expectations as to the outcome, how I will meet these challenges, and what what will be my life after. And I have to tell you that that is not easy to do, um, and I'm not saying that I'm 100% through it, but I would say 95 to 97% through the challenge. And I just cannot tell you the miracles that I have experienced in just the last uh, week to 10 days since this conversation with my very special guest. They're all special. I, I uh, Juan Lee is here on the program. He's an author. He's a speaker. Uh, he's a teacher on the powerful principle <laughs> of love. And Juan, I want to thank you so much for joining us here on the program. Hey, thank you very much for having me, Richard. I enjoyed that intro there. I appreciate it. Oh, boy. Well, your 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 story is is encouraging enough for me. Well, and I won't get into my story much more than to say that it has to do with this concept that we're going to talk about today. And that concept, and it is more than just a concept, don't get me wrong, folks, of love. Love. And love made simple. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, all right? It really doesn't. It is simple. Now, here's the kicker for me, Juan. And, of course, just letting the folks know that Juan Lee is the author of A Guide to Inner Peace, Contentment, and Success. And I can actually attest to that fact because of some of the changes that have taken place just in this past week. Um, but the thing that comes to mind I want to start with, one has to do with there are different kinds of love, but one of the things I'd like to talk about to start with is unconditional love. And when one is going through a challenging time with someone else. In their heart, they care deeply about this person. They want what's best for this person, but they also know they can't do it for this person. So they're going to have no expectations on whether or not this person is going to realize uh, the path that they're going down and the consequences thereof being responsible responsible and then the people on the outside who love them dearly uh like a parent who has an addictive addicted child regardless of age doesn't want to give up on them and at the same time says you know what I i've done all i can do now it's up to them they have to make the what would for them be hard choices unconditional love seems to me to be something that is very difficult for some people because they hold on to resentments. They keep score. And I know that especially in uh, uh, um, relationships, sometimes the intimate relationships, marriages, boyfriend, girlfriend, and so forth, uh, one, of the, one of the partners is keeping score. Well, 10 years ago you did this, and five years ago you did this. Matter of fact, I was at my parents' house at Christmas time. They celebrated their 65th. They'll celebrate 66 years together, married in June. My father's 90, mother 87. And I wanted to ask my mother if, my, if there's anything that she still has to forgive my father for, for something he did way back when. I never did ask her that, but I certainly could call her and find out. I would be very interested to know if she still holds any resentment toward him for whatever. And I also have to tell you, I never saw them fight. They may have had spirited conversations, 
but I never saw it as fighting. So talk to me about this concept of uh, simple love, as is your book, Love Made Simple, and unconditional love. I'm going to I'm going to start first by quantify qualifying this love. Okay. And I think a lot of times um, we we see we preface love by saying unqualified or un uh, what did you just say unconditional un- unconditional. unconditional yeah and that's literally a contradiction of what love is. Ah, okay. If there's conditions to it, it's not love. Okay? Okay, gotcha. Because because love has no conditions. Okay? See, see from that just perspective, we begin to look through it, look at it totally different because we we put unconditional love at this hierarchy, this a better, a better than instead of what it really is, and allows for us a margin of, you know, a way, a way out, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, I can love you, but I ain't unconditionally loving you. You know, it's that uh, addition part that we struggle with, and that's that really makes it very difficult to really exercise this simple love that I'm talking about, mm-hmm. because the first thing that it does is it makes it very clear. It's very clear. And it's 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 just that simple is that there aren't any conditions to it. Now, can I say to this person that I love, I love you unconditionally. However, I don't like it when you do this. Is that okay. still unconditional love? Yeah, but see, what you've done is you've given them power, though. Okay. You've given them power when you say that. And love, love doesn't give power away. It gives self away, but it doesn't give power away. See, the power of love is you always maintain the power. Okay? When you give it, see, when you say I love you, but you begin to give away the power. Okay. Okay. This, this power, this love is the ability to act on behalf of another and when you say but, you take away that, that power to act on behalf of that person. Okay. And that's what, that doesn't indicate this love as being unconditional, that love without conditions. Mm-hmm. And so that's the part that we struggle with in not mm-hmm. understanding how we are to engage this thing. Because, see, we possess the love. Nobody else does. Mm-hmm. We have it. Okay. Now you're, you're engaging it at a point where we're assuming that you have it. Okay. Because the first thing that love does is it teaches you how to love yourself. Because before you can give yourself, you've got to love yourself. Mm-hmm. And therefore we struggle with loving somebody or attempting to love someone when we first haven't loved ourselves. That's yeah. where we begin to to go down the rabbit hole, and things begin to get real squirrely. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we're giving something that we don't have, we don't possess, and then we giving it, and then we actually give the power away. Mm. When in actuality, that's the part that we're supposed to sustain. We give ourselves, but we remain we retain the power to give ourselves. We're talking with Juan Lee. We're talking about his book, Love Made Simple, here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you for staying with us here on the program as we continue talking with our very special guest, Juan Lee, author of the book, Love Made Simple. And it is a guide to inner peace, contentment, and success. And, of course, we can, we can certainly discuss each one of these elements because each one of them is extremely important in our lives. I will tell you, one that through therapy that I have been through officially and unofficially throughout my life, including... <laughs> including this program. This program is my therapy. I want you to know that. And I love it. 
uh, because I learn a lot about myself. I learn a lot about the guest. I learn a lot about, you know, what it is that we all want, that kind of thing. And um, one of the things that, that I learned in therapy was just exactly what you said. And one of my therapists is constantly asking me, how are you doing and how are you, ta- are you taking good care of you? And it goes to that point you made about self-love. Let's talk about that and the inner peace, because we talk on this program about participating in the decade of perfect vision, where we encourage people to go within, sit quietly in that peaceful, calm place. Uh, You could even call it your closet if you want. Uh, uh, Christians would refer refer to it from the Bible as a, a prayer closet. And listen to that still, small voice that is going to encourage you, it's going to enlighten you, it's going to educate you, it's going to guide you. The question is, are you going to follow the promptings? That's a whole other subject. But let's talk about this process of evaluating for self, do I, do I really, do I love myself? Where's the, is there a litmus test that I can take? Anything I can, any gauges that I can look at, you know, what are the signs uh, that show that I love myself and I love myself in the appropriate way because there are those who love themselves all the way to the level of narcissism. So let's not go to narcissism where, I mean, we'll talk about the balance and all of that, but how do we, how do we come to that understanding i i i do love myself here here here's the here's where the work begins uh-oh here's where i mean like we just we're just gonna keep it really really <laughs> we're gonna keep it real there you go um this is where the work begins and there's no way around it the sooner the better um because before we can begin to develop this ability to be able to love, the longer it takes for us to do the hard work, and that hard work is is basically finding out who you are, where you've come from in the sense of where you reside, You've got to be able to do that work. And and that work starts with you. You've got to begin to do some introspection. The sooner the better, because we are building up something day by day that's created who we are today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And and as a result of it, it has determined what, who, where, what, how we do whatever we do. Mm. And to be able to understand that and everything that we're talking about is, is predicated on understanding this experience called life. Okay. So many of us don't understand this experience called life because this experience is something that is being repeated it's being duplicated over and over again using components and parts called humans. And we have to realize that and understand that we have to hook or connect to this, this reoccurring system called life to be able to be productive in it and understand what its value is that it's something bigger than ourselves. And Mm. when we take on that understanding and understand that, oh, we're something, we're a part of something bigger than ourselves. And what that is, is humanity. We are bigger. We are just a part of something bigger than ourselves called humanity. It was here before we got here. It's present now. And it will be here after we are here if only we're able to protect it and preserve it. Mm. 
we have a responsibility. Mm -hmm. And the way we get that and the way that we assist in that process is that we have the ability to define and understand who we are and how we exist into that bigger system. We can't be a byproduct. We can't be a happenstance. We can't be the part that, oh, by the way, we have a specific purpose in that system called or that system about humanity, concerning humanity, that we all have to realize. We're important to it. Then we begin to realize that we have something to do in finding out who we are and how we fit into that system. Because it's bigger than we are. It's bigger than just one of us, mm -hmm. any one of us. That's the that's the story that we have to start from before we can begin to because we're just not running down some aimless, you know, aimless, you know, dirt, you know, hallway or something. Right. There is a definite direction and a definite end result or definite um, system that we are part of that we have to recognize. I have to tell you that. Um... Over the years, and I have been on what I called at the age of 17, I have been on what I call my search. And I have read a lot of books. And when I look back and I think about all the books I've read, I'm going, really? I read all of those? Wow. Um, but most importantly, what was so fascinating were some of the books that I read and some of the people that I listened to back in my teens and 20s that I was introduced to through my mother and father. One in particular, they called him the love doctor, Dr. Leo Buscaglia. I recorded for private use uh, between, for myself and my wife at the time, uh, who, is, who is totally blind. Uh, I recorded Gerald Jampolsky's Love is Letting Go of Fear. And, of course, read the Bible a number of times, uh, read the uh, different types of love that there are. Which one of the Greek words uh, for love are we talking about here from just from, I don't want to say from a biblical perspective, but from the, the definitions that we find in the Bible? You know, there's eros and there's, uh, um, and I can't even remember them all. Agape. Agape. That's what we're talking about. And, uh, of course, here in California, we have a church down in Los Angeles uh, run by uh, Michael Beckwith, I believe it is, Agape Church. Uh, and I think that that's uh, uh, maybe a direction that we might want to go here in just a couple of moments as we continue. Talking with Juan Lee, he is the author of the book, uh, Love Made Simple. We hope that you'll get a copy. Go to his website as well. Uh, your website that we want to send people to, and we will be linked to as well, because we want people to uh, research and investigate as well. I mean, what's the point of, uh, of doing all, any of this if, if n nobody can uh, uh, find the info? So you want to go to Juan Lee Author. The author, JuanLeeTheAuthor.com. That's JuanLeeTheAuthor.com. And we will be linked, of course, as I've mentioned on all of our programs, we'll be linked to your website as well and providing people with information in regards to uh, the work that you are doing as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And talking about love, um, here we are in the month of February, uh, if that's when you're listening to this program. They refer to it as the month of love. And then there are those cynics who say, oh, this is just, uh, this is hogwash. This was created by the greeting card companies, the chocolate manufacturers, just to make money. That's all it's about. Because, and I, I have to say that I, got, I have gotten cynical sometimes, uh, certain years, Um because it's like, well, wait a minute. Now I have to go so far out of, I want to say, my way to show the person that I love that I love her even more as if I'm not showing that every day of the year in everything that I do with and for her. And now I got to, what, I have to up the ante? And it just seems like there's something wrong with that in one sense. 
Uh, I also know, too, you know, there are birthdays, there are anniversaries, the holidays and those kinds of things. And personally, I have. I've gotten a little jaded about all of those because it always seems like the, the focal point is the bottom line. They like to say, oh, no, this is about family. This is about connecting and loving your family and working through those challenges that maybe your dysfunctional family had or has. I can honestly say, Juan, and I don't know about you, but I absolutely love going to Christmas and Thanksgiving dinner with my family. We have never been estranged. I'm not saying it's a Norman Rockwell painting, mind you. And though for those of you who don't know who Norman Rockwell is, Google it. Uh, I'm not saying that our, our family necessarily was a Norman Rockwell painting, but what I will say is that we're all very close. Um, we support one another, whether they like our decision or not, they support us just the same saying, Hey, whatever you decide, we're here with you. You know, um, you, you know, we'll, we'll do what we can to help. If we can, we'll give you advice. We'll just give you words of encouragement, hang in there, you know, kind of thing. Um, when we are talking about agape love, let's just say around the Thanksgiving table. We've seen all of the movies and TV shows about the dysfunctional families and the potential food fights that could break out (laughs) at the dining room table. Uh, But we don't see an awful lot. And of course, there's no real interest in if there's no drama at the table, why would you put it on TV or on the big screen? But we don't live on the big screen. And I I am very proud of my family and what what each of them has accomplished, what we have accomplished as a family, the legacy my parents are. My parents have great grandchildren. I'm a great uncle. It's kind of cool. Talk to us about the 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 aspect of making love made simple, uh, uh, agape love made simple in the dynamics of a. Our day and time when people are still anxious and fearful and uh, we're still divided and, and we're, 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 we're telling people what we believe. We don't know, but we believe based upon what we've been told that this is the truth or that's the truth or what have you. And families have been split asunder. Couples have been split asunder. Siblings won't talk to each other anymore over, over what? Nothing, in essence. Share with us, would you? I want to start by complimenting you and your family for what you have demonstrated or been a a a very good example of what a family is intended to be. And I will also quickly share with you, we lived in a 12 to 1400 square foot brick home in Phoenix, three bedrooms. Eight people, one bathroom, and we're all still alive. (laughs) There's nothing about close. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being close. That has a good, that has things, makes it very intimate in that sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can understand why the compliment goes so well with your situation then, because you all were very close. Yeah. (laughs) But, but that, what you have displayed or demonstrated or shared with me is what a family is intended to be. Mm -hmm. And when it's not that we see what we see today. Yeah. It's supposed to be that, that thing that really sets the foundation of our society. And it's that thing in our community that if we have that knit, that, 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 that uh, connection at home and understand the value of what that connection has to society, um, it eliminates a lot of the struggles that we deal with in our society today. Um, What it eliminates is things that otherwise you would not be able to recognize um, if you had not had it that foundation, you know, you can see the dysfunction in the world because it's foreign to you. It's foreign to you. It's like, 
And and that's and it makes no sense though. But in a sense, it's like it makes perfect sense because this is not how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. This is not how it's supposed to be. And it's and it's the absence of love that is what is being demonstrated in our society today. It's that ability to be, you know, intolerant. We're we're just intolerant. Mm-hmm. And and you just made a good point about it. Everybody in that home that you had a 1,200 square feet with one bathroom, oh, you had, you were tolerant. You 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 learned tolerance. You learned um, appreciation and discipline and and each other's perspective in a place that you built at home, that foundation at home. But here in our society today, we don't have any tolerance. Yeah. We don't have any patience. We don't have any uh, expectance or value for anyone else. Yeah. And everybody is about self, you know, what's in it for me? Yeah. That's not self-love. That, <laughs> huh? No, no, by no means. You know, but it, it's it's the fact is, is that we need more homes like yours yeah. that would present itself to the, to the society as an example to be able to say, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. You have value. I understand where you're coming from. I can see your perspective, even though I don't necessarily agree with it. I can appreciate your, it's being your perspective. Yeah. That's the things that we don't see in any area in our society today. Now, you've used a word that I I, I am starting to have a problem with. Um. I would like to use a different word other than this word, um, and I think I know what word to replace it with because I'm hearing constantly when we talk about these divisions, um, regardless of the the, whatever it is that's dividing us, a race, creed, color, sexual orientation, political orientation, religion, economic status, and the word is tolerance. And to me, this is just me, mm-hmm. that word carries with it a certain level of aggressiveness and agitation. Meaning, uh, Juan Lee, your ideas, uh, I, will, I will tolerate them, okay? In other words, I am passing judgment, okay, and I'll tolerate I'll tolerate you in the room, okay? Uh, only, I'll tolerate you even though you wear glasses. Even though you're wearing a brown uh, 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 jacket, you know. Uh, even though your skin is, what, you know, your black skin. Or you're only 5'7", and uh, everyone in this room is supposed to be 6 feet. And so, but so I'll, we'll tolerate you. In other words, we'll put up with you in spite of your inferiority aspects. And I think I don't want to be tolerant I want of, my, of the bullies that I had in school. I want to understand. I want to walk a mile in their shoes, as it were, so that I'm no longer tolerating them. Whether I agree with them or not is not relevant, but I can at least say in the truest sense of uh, humanity and humility, I love you. You are a fellow human being. You have every right to be here just as I do, almost like Desiderata. You have a right to be here, whether it is clear to you, the earth, the universe is unfolding as it should. And it seems like that we need to go to that next step. I don't want to be tolerant. I want to be understanding. I, I hear you 100%. Tolerance is, is a step. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's a step because where tolerance goes to is conversation. Mm-hmm. You can't get to understand it without a conversation. If I can't, if I can't have... Now, if there's a little nuance here because you said tolerate. Tolerance is just seeing, is acknowledgement, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. saying 
I'm tolerating you. I'm saying I'm acknowledging you, okay, with no understanding, mm -hmm. with absolutely no understanding. I'm acknowledging you, okay? Now, from that point, I want to conversate with you. Mm -hmm. I want to conversate with you because now it's in the conversation that we can gain understanding. Mm. But see, if I can't, see, I have to expect, I have to accept the fact that you have a different perspective than I have. Mm -hmm. See, without accepting that, I have no value for wanting to have a conversation with you because I can't see anything other than from my perspective. And all tolerance is, is a step. It's that step that if we don't get anywhere else at one point, I've got to say, I've got to be tolerant of the fact that I don't understand you. I don't understand your perspective, but if I don't tolerate, if I don't talk, if I don't have a tolerance for your existence, for your existence, we won't get to a conversation. Yeah. We won't get there. I've got to identify. I have to find somewhere. And if there's another word, I'm with you. If there's another word that would present another perspective, you know, yeah. that you, then you and I can begin to visualize that every person has a different perspective. And what would it take for me to acknowledge that? Yeah. Now, I think that this, this goes hand in hand with uh, self-knowledge, self-love and so forth, in that we can also get to a place where I recognize that Juan Lee has different perspectives than I and that I am not going to place any judgment on the differences. Uh, whereas, um, uh, you know, some people say, well, you know, uh, yeah, we've got differences uh, and it's OK if you're wrong, Juan. It really is. It's OK that you're wrong. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I could never buy into some of the answers that I got from uh, the, the ministers and pastors at the Christian station I worked for back in the 80s and early 90s during a, a great educational period in my life, I have to tell you. Um, their, their answers made no sense to me, and so I kept searching, and that's why even to this day, I'm still searching. It's just new questions. It's just new questions. Um, I, I want to let you know, folks, that we're talking with Juan Lee. He's the author of Love Made Simple. Uh, we really would love to have you go ahead and pick up a copy of this wonderful uh, little book here, Love Made Simple. Juan Lee's the author, and you are listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, the conversation about love is one we need to have, especially... You know, it's funny, Juan. I, uh, Juan Lee, who's my guest, he's an author, he's a teacher of the powerful powerful principle of love that um, uh, I hate using the term in these uncertain times or in these challenging times. There is not a moment in human history, recorded or otherwise, that hasn't been challenging, that hasn't been uncertain. You know, I mean, that's just the way of life on this planet. Uh, so with that, what I'd like to ask you, Juan, is... Why do you even care about this subject? What in the world happened in your life, in your childhood, your adolescence, your early adulthood, and so forth, that said to you, you know what, what other people are doing just ain't working. I mean, and it's, it's not a question of your passing judgment on them saying, you people are wrong. All you have to do is take a look at the kinds of relationships. Go in any grocery store, see a husband and wife, and if the husband is a really, really a, a dominant, a macho kind of guy, he's talking down to his wife a lot of times. You see that a lot, um, and I, I can't stand that. Uh, my father never did that. I, matter of fact, it was brought to my attention um, by my wife, uh, and she was kidding around about my insulting her. Uh, and I said, 
I'm going to tell you, and I did not know at the moment, at the time that she was kidding around. I said, I have never insulted you. Never. Not in, not to your face and not behind your back. Um, my main point with uh, the relationship that I'm in today is that we're a team. And we have had periods where we haven't worked too well together as a team. But for the most part, over more than 23 years of being together, we've accomplished a lot. That's why we're here. That's why I'm here with you today. Because of that teamwork that I've got going on in my life. So let me go back to my question. Why? 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 <laughs> and you've, you've opened up so many doors. Uh-oh. I, uh, I, I myself am here because of a team that, that's similar to yours. I've been married almost be 25 years in uh, August. Um, and it's, it's that teamwork that allows me to get here to do this with you. Um, but a little bit about my story before we do that though i'm gonna i, I want to go back to something that you were talking about as it relates to the differences that we have in society um love is something that looks for commonality mm-hmm. and i think because of the fact that we focus on the differences instead of the things that we have in common mm-hmm which draws wedges between us. Yeah. And so my whole journey was about finding that thing that we all have in common, that we can't dispute, that we can all rally around, no matter where you come from, whatever continent you're from, whatever part of the earth you are on, that we all can rally around. And that that commonality was humanity. We can, no one of us can avoid that. Yeah. And that's what love does, is that it connects us through humanity. Through love, that one thread that goes around the world that connects us all together. Mm -hmm. And that was the tool or the thing that I was looking for and searching for as a 17 year old graduating from high school because I had no no guidance, no no clue as to how to survive. How does this thing work? This thing called life, there's no guide to it. Everybody's just out here trying to figure it out for themselves, but yet everybody is coming up short trying to figure it out and that was what my 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 journey was, was to find out what this experience called life was all about. Yeah. I graduated from high school with an undiagnosed learning disability. Wow. Went wow. into the went into the Air Force and found my identity in a system that demonstrated love that demonstrated love, willing to sacrifice and give my life for something that we all had in common, for the sake for someone else, for someone else. That's the definition of love, Mm -hmm. to sacrifice. That's one of the big ones, is to be willing to act on behalf of another. You know, it's an interesting example that you give uh, of what it really means in terms of sacrificing self for others in that regard. And some of us are called to a greater sacrifice of self than others, and I understand that. Uh, and each one of us, we make the, we make those decisions. But it really comes down to choice, too. I mean, that's what we talk about on this program, that we're giving people choices and knowledge of those choices to help make their dreams come true. Um, I remember... It wasn't exactly my vow at my uh, a wedding ceremony uh, to my present wife, but it was all it's always been in my mind that I've been divorced once and I have sworn that I will never, ever do that again. 
And if I do, it's over. I'm, I No more relationships for me, at least not those kinds of relationships. So I am going to do everything that I can to make it work. I am not just going to give up. After five years, I'm not going to give up after 10. Now, granted, as has been told of me in therapy, you know, Richard, you have to make sure you take care of you. Don't sacrifice yourself in that respect, if, if there's something going on that, that you know, uh, isn't working for you. But that doesn't mean you throw in the towel. But you still have to take care of you, even while you are waiting and waiting and waiting. And again, as I've said, everything is temporary. I mean, here's an interesting twist on the choices. You talked about, the, you know, all the choices we've made have brought us to where we are today as individuals. Who brought you and me together here on this program, especially. But I loved what one gentleman said during an interview about choices and uh, where we will be in the future. And, uh, of course, you know, the analogy being uh, all the choices that you'll make from this point forward will determine where you'll be in five years, 10 years, 20 years. But he put an interesting, fascinating twist. I hadn't even thought about it. He says, and all of the choices that you will make from this point forward are going to be based upon... Your perception of what you think the future will be. And I think about the energy, the time, and the money preppers put into preparing for what they think is the inevitable. The apocalypse. Uh, World War, Nuclear War Three, or whatever, you know, and so on. Governments call it calling, um, uh, declaring martial law, uh, on and on. I mean, just the list goes on. Natural disasters. Um, I'm a guy who, uh, someone even said this once. I'm a guy who likes, who is, who's a believer in the glass half full. Uh, and this one guy says, I don't have a glass. <laughs> I don't have a glass. I don't have to worry about it. But. Um, let's talk a little bit about that because when I have faced these challenges of late, I acknowledged that there are some things that I need to do and there are some other, there are other things that need to be done. And I am, I am not going to have any expectations on how it's going to turn out when we get to the end of the challenge. Uh, if it were a 400-meter race, uh, before I've started, I have no expectations. It's not a question of uh, uh, winning or placing or even finishing. It's just, hey, this is the race I've got to run, so I'll just I'll run it to the best of my ability, but I have no expectations. Who knows? I may become exhausted at 300 meters. I may hit the, hit the turf passing out. That's how that would, would end. Or I'll crawl the rest of my way. Or I'll get some friends who will come along and they'll pick me up. I've seen this. where One guy, he barely, he's like 10 feet from the finish line. He can't go any further. And some people come along and they lift him up and they carry him across the finish line. He didn't win, but he finished. What about that aspect of uh, not only making choices, but also taking a look at the challenges and realizing, yes, it's all temporary, but giving up the expectations and allowing the universe to do what it does, listening to your still small voice and so on and so forth. Um, I'm going to start with one of the attitudes for love as it relates to um, um, that ability to not give up, and that is tenacity. Um, we've got to love gives us the, the will to not give up. You know, it doesn't give up. Um, and so that's that's the, the portion of that part of your question as it relates to not giving up. Mm -hmm. It's just tenacity. It's just that ability to never give up. You don't quit. That's just not in you. Love doesn't quit. Um, the other things that you were talking about as it relates to your choices, and I love the way you say this, is that everything is temporary and i mean it everything mm -hmm. is just temporary 
one of the things that I like to emphasize in trying to let people understand love is to first understand death. Death is something that we need to embrace before we can begin to appreciate this experience called life. Because what you basically just talked about was the end. You talk about, I'm going to get in the race. And I know you said the 400 meter, you define the end. Mm -hmm. Okay. Life has a defined end. Yes, it does. (laughs) And we've got to embrace it to be able to get on that journey of the race so that we can not have expectations, but understand that there is a finish line, okay? Mm-hmm. And that finish line is temporary. That finish line is, is definitely there, but the experience, the race is temporary. And so we've got to change that mindset from it being short to being temporary. Because temporary is this very moment, it's temporary. You understand that right now could be the end. That's what temporary means. There is no defined. It means that it's, it has a definite end to it and it's temporary. And short, we, we have a tendency to look at short and go, we, we, it allows us to want to think that we can extend it. We can push past the finish line. No, you can't. And you've got to understand that. Because it's in that it's in the race that you maximize that experience so that you can get the fulfillment of the race, of the finish line. The fulfillment comes in the finish line. It's not in the race, so to speak. It's in the finish line. And let me allude, let me explain, let me explain that. Because the, the race is an investment into that thing that is bigger than you and I call humanity. And when we invest what it is that that uniqueness that we have, that no one else can, into this thing called humanity, we begin to be fulfilled and reaching our potential. And that's what we're all about. That's what this journey is all about is being meeting our f- potential in gaining that fulfillment that others may be able to receive it into the future. Mm. It's investing into the future what it is that makes us unique in the present. And that's what we all here to, uh, to, to accomplish together, collectively. Because we need each other to maximize this thing called humanity into the future. You have something that's unique. I have something that's unique. I am looking for you to give me your portion to fill this, that void of humanity. And you, I have something that you need looking for it to fill that void for humanity. That's what this is about. That gave me a clarity and an understanding as to what this experience called life was all about and that it was bigger than me and that I would be willing to invest something that is temporary into something that's greater than I am. The way that you deliver these words... uh, You ever uh, have you ever been or are you a preacher? Oh no, no. <laughs> I, I I have uh, I have had many occasions. I've taught Bible studies and things like that, but no, not a not an ordained preacher or minister. No. And and I I, I don't know if anybody else picks up on this, and maybe it's just my imagination running away with me. But 
your 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 uh, your voice and your cadence reminds me an, an awful lot because uh, I've heard him speak a number of times of iced tea, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that as a compliment. Well, I appreciate it. I, I took it as one. I, I I have no one else that could recognize. If you can identify with somebody who's popular in the public eye, yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Well, you uh, you also have received a number of merits uh, during your time in the military, including the Air Force uh, a Commendation Medal, the Air Force uh, Achievement uh, Medallion or Medal, uh, the Air Force. Uh, obviously, you must have been in the Air Force, I'm guessing. Air yeah, Force yeah, uh, Good yeah. Conduct Medal. Uh, you behaved yourself, yes. And the Outstanding yeah. Unit Award. And you also yeah. found uh, you also have new confidence in uh, uh, service, uh, but... Uh, not separating yourself from your your disability, and that's your learning disability. Now, I was born and raised legally blind, and quite honestly, very early on, in spite of the bullying that I had to deal with back then, wearing thick glasses, carrying large print books and everything, as time went on, I began to realize that, uh, um, that my visual impairment or legal blindness was not a limitation. It was a uh, it was a perceived limitation, a perceived limitation. If I perceive that it limits me, then it does. Uh, it's kind of like uh, what was it? Uh, Henry Ford who said this uh, made the comment: "If you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right." That kind of thing. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit uh, uh, about. The philosophy that you are sharing with us here today, and uh, also um, your Christian faith, uh, and utilizing these principles of love in your life, uh, you obviously, uh, you know, as as because I saw this happening not just to me, but I saw this happening to other kids too in school as I was growing up. Uh, you know, they'd get, you know, belittled and put down and picked on and so forth because of their difference. Uh, and what was really interesting was if you were to take a look at the five or six or seven bullies all gathered together, each one of them had their own differences uh, as individuals. Uh, but somehow, for whatever reason, the group didn't see them. Somehow they mm -hmm. they just didn't. And I, th I find that rather interesting, I guess, kind of a myopic view. But, you know, you talked about value of self, getting to know self, self-love. And I came across something, and this has to do with the Christian philosophy, uh, in regards to the sacrifice. Now, when I think about the Creator, having created me, I am one of His creation. I'm one of His children. Um... Back in the uh, uh, back at the time, shall we say, uh, since there is no time with God, but anyway, according to the stories, um, a sacrifice was going to be needed somewhere down the road to save, quote unquote, humanity. Well, we view the the Creator as Father. What parent? Regardless of what their child is into, especially, let's say, an addiction, all right, or a self-destructive behavior, whatever it might be, the parent still loves the child. The parent still wants what's best for the child. The parent still sees the child as precious, right? So that tells me that we had value we were priceless even before the sacrifice. I don't know if it's possible to be more valuable than priceless. After the sacrifice, you might say we were even more valuable, more worthy. You know what I'm saying? And it ties in with the passage in the Bible about to be ye perfect, even be ye perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And I've taken that to. Uh, to mean just be, be. That's what God is. God just is. He isn't good, bad, right, wrong, white, black, etc., etc. God just is. So to be perfect isn't to 
do everything correctly. It's just to be. I think I think the, the good. I've never. I appreciate your your the way of displaying that, demonstrating that, to sharing that, um, because I think that B is authentic. That that ability to be your original or your authentic self, okay, and that authentic self is being is playing a role into humanity in a way that only it can. And it takes you willing to um, sacrifice that authentic, that authenticity into that bigger, that bigger humanity is what the demonstration is, is what that example is. It's, it's a concept that you realize that if we're going to, to, to maintain protect and preserve humanity that we've got to invest it into one another. But it has to be that authentic self with that ability to want the desire to invest it into something bigger than yourself. It is that selflessness instead of selfishness is what that example is basically demonstrating. And we need to embrace it if we're going to preserve and protect humanity because we can also destroy it. We can destroy humanity without it. So I think that my experience with religion was that it was that example was an example like that, that, that made things confusing mm -hmm. without clarity to be able to navigate. It left you with questions more so than answers. Yeah, yeah. And that was what I was seeking as a young man looking for direction when I was hoping that there would be some clarity through religion, it made it more confusing. That this experience called life. And so there are so many things that I have invested so many years in to trying to clarify that experience. And that's what this is, love. This is the result of it. Love is universal. It is not religious in sense that it is it's held by one religion. It is universal mm -hmm. for all of humanity to be able to embrace because we are all individual with very unique abilities that collectively make up humanity and its existence. Hmm. Well, I will tell you, folks, that if you like overcoming fear with practical tools and pursuing self-improvement, then uh, I think you're really going to enjoy Juan Lee's book. And that title is Love Made Simple, uh, A Guide to Inner Peace, Contentment, and Success, as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it is uh, always a pleasure to uh, bring to you uh, folks who are, they're trying to understand it. They don't have all of the answers any more than I do. And anything that I say, Juan, for example, it's only for me. It's mine. <laughs> I just share it with the world. Okay? I don't put it on anybody at all. Um, and I wouldn't want to do that. Uh, if you like it, if you want to incorporate bits and pieces, uh, we, we lay out this giant smorgasbord table, Juan. We've mm -hmm. been doing this for over 14 years. This, is, this table is huge, okay? I can't, I, it, it's miles long with everything that each one of our guests has put forth, each dish, each main course, each entree, etc. We ask people to come to that table and partake. If it smells good, if it tastes good, if it looks good, have a little. But keep coming back to the table because maybe as you move forward in your life, as you grow and you change, you might want to try something else that didn't smell so good a week ago, but, you know, today it smells pretty darn good. And I love, uh, I love this analogy. I don't know if I came up with this or someone else did, but... Um, this has to do with the, the, the aspects of self-esteem, self-worth. <clears throat> okay? It's a metaphor. I'm a, I'm a chocolate cake sitting on the counter in the kitchen. All right? 
And man, I'll tell you what, it is sweet, it is delicious, it is really a good cake. And people come into the room and they look at the cake and, nah, I don't want chocolate cake today. All right, and they move on. And somebody else comes in, and, yeah, I'll take a slice. And they take a slice. Somebody else comes along and says, oh, God, I can't stand chocolate. Oh, I'm, I'm moving on. And they move on. They can't, they can't take it. Well, the only thing that has not changed is the chocolate cake. And the chocolate cake is perfectly good. It's fresh. Matter of fact, it's still warm. They put it together real quickly and it's still, oh, you ever had warm cake? Oh my God, it's delicious. Just like warm bread right out of the oven. It's delicious. It smells great. It looks great. There's nothing wrong with the chocolate cake. And those people that didn't want any, for whatever reason, did not change the value of that chocolate cake, did not change the consistency, did not change the flavor or the color or the texture or the temperature or anything about it. We're, we're a piece of chocolate cake and we are perfect just as we are. And if people want to partake of me or you, hey, I know you feel this way. We would love it. We would love it. Whether, whether or not you agree with us or not, hey, you know what? Uh, let's, just, let's just make race the di dividing line here, okay? You may be black and I may be white, but hey, we're having a great conversation. That we are. <laughs> and I love it. I, I, I miss, I'm not sure how this is going to change when we are actually able to meet in person if, if we're able to do that kind of thing. And there are some things in the works that may help this. Uh, but I love having people in studio. The conversation across the console or at a table, um, there's nothing like it. The energy is so much different. And I thank you so much for giving us so much time here on the program. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being here. This is, this is wonderful. And uh, his name is Juan Lee, and uh, this is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, Juan, uh, Juan Lee, I have uh, three final questions that I like to ask my guests. I have uh, taken to, uh, I may end up throwing a, a sound effects or fanfare or something like that in here one of these days, but in the meantime, uh, we go to the lightning round of uh, the game show, Tell Me Your Story, where we ask our guests three final questions. We ask all of our guests. Uh, you may have answered them to some degree during the program, but I'd like to ask them directly. Before I do, I want to thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., and Wednesdays at 9 a.m. for our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We stream live at those times at richarddugan.com and our podcasts, the full interview. Like if you were listening to uh, one of those four broadcasts, uh, you may or may not get the whole interview. So you're going to want to go listen to the whole interview by going to SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations. We are also on YouTube where you can listen to and watch these interviews. So we hope you'll do that. And subscribe. It'd be great if you'd subscribe. Uh, I'm not necessarily looking to pump up my numbers, no. But when you do subscribe, whether it's to the podcast or the videocast, uh, you're notified every time I put up a new interview. So uh, subscribe and you'll get notified and you'll be able to see more of these. We also encourage you to participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s, where you go within... Go into that inner life of yours, into that place of calm and peace and contentment and tranquility and listen to that still small voice and follow the promptings. And then we also ask that if you can support us financially, we would greatly appreciate it. We are, uh, we are using PayPal. It's for your security as well as ours. When you go to send, you're going to want to use the email address richard at richarddugan.com. Uh, that is associated with the uh, account that we have set up to uh, support this program and all the proceeds go to support the uh, the broadcasts and the creation of um, all of the different things that we do uh, and all of the different ancillary aspects. So great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those who have helped and for those who will help. You know what? We'll take energetic support. Do pray for us. Send us good energy. We would really appreciate it. We'll, we'll take that and use it as well um, for the betterment of this program 
in light of the betterment of our world. And with that, we now go to the lightning round of Tell Me Your Story with our three final questions for our special guest, who's the author of Love Made Simple. First of those three questions is, who is Juan Lee? Wow. Who is Juan Lee? I'm a transformational speaker, thought leader, um, author, and also currently the founder and executive director of a nonprofit called Clear Journey, where we provide uh, financial literacy and attitudes for success for teenagers and young adults mm. who wants to share the applications of the practical applications of love to the world. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? I want to people to reimagine love differently. I want us to be able to understand that love is what we do. Not what we say, but what we do. It's an action word that we would be able to put it into place on behalf of another so that we all can begin to come together and to begin to realize humanity as something for us all. Mm. And finally, what is your life's purpose? My life's purpose is to make a difference, you know, to invest into humanity and that it will live on into eternity. Well, once again, Wan Lee, I want to thank you so much for your insights, uh, your knowledge, your awareness, your understanding, not only of self, but this concept of love that we're all uh, every day learning more and more about as we use it in our day to day lives. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And I thank you for listening and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And by the way, when you make those choices, think about the kind of future you want. And if you're an optimist or you want to be an optimist, then think of it. Think of the future optimistically. Because everything, everything, as we've already said, Juan has said it, I've said it many times, Everything is temporary. And until our next broadcast podcast videocast, love to lol.